everyone and welcome to my podcast, Today is Not Tomorrow. Here with me, I have none other than my friend, spoken word artist, Reham Amin. Hi, Reham. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well. And yourself? I'm okay. It's been so long since we last spoke. I'm so, so happy to have you on. I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. <laughs> Don't worry. After lockdown, we have to see each other and do something. For here. sure. We will get it done. I'm so excited. The podcast has been something I've enjoyed doing. Coming on with people like you as my special guest is making this even more enjoyable. Don't stop it. <laughs> I am You're so, cute. so excited for today's conversation, which, as I have been doing, will end with you writing a letter to your future self. This letter mm-hmm. might include advice and encouraging words of wisdom in line with this season's theme, Letters to Self. Does this sound okay? That sounds absolutely perfect. Awesome. If you could please start, Rehan, by giving a bit of background. Where are you from? How old are you? And what do you do? Hey, so as Muffy has amazingly introduced, I'm Reham Amin. I'm born and raised in South London and I'm a student at the University of Leeds, currently studying BA English Literature and Arabic. Absolutely love it. And I'm 18. <laughs> so that's me. I'm not too sure if you can tell, but Reham is a ball of fire and energy. If you're ever oh. having a bad day, she will light up your mood. There's no time to be sad. There's no time to be sad. There's no time. You're lighting me up already, Reham, so thank you so much. Oh, no worries, my lovely. I'm going to give a bit of background. How did Reham and I meet on a more personal level? As I'm sure you're aware, there's a bit of an age gap. Reham and I are both very passionate advocates, and we both had the pleasure of attending an Amnesty International conference last year. This was such an eye-opening experience and put into perspective that no matter where in the world you are, Knowing that something is happening somewhere else that isn't right means you have to fight for those people if they can't and with them if they can. A great example of this is what's been happening in Lebanon and Nigeria with SARS. Reham, can you tell us more about what Amnesty International is and what they do? Amnesty International is a kind of human rights organisation which focuses on people's well-being around the world who, who might not necessarily have the voice to speak up. So they kind of gather people all around the world and we speak up for those people. Also kind of fights for people who deserve the justice, some people who are in, put in, who are imprisoned just for no reason. We sort of fight for people's rights and make every single day better for those people. I like that you say fight for people's rights. One thing I loved at this conference is that They gave us um, many, many gorgeous things, which was really generous. But my favourite, which I still have, is a small pocket-sized book called Mm. My Book of Rights. And inside lists each and every one of your human rights. And most people don't know what their rights are. Yeah. um, Which is, it's shocking, but it's a tragic truth. It's extremely important that you do educate yourself and you know what your basic human rights are because this is your security and safety. You need to know what you have a right over and how to protect yourself. Um, So if you don't know what your human rights are, please go and check on the Amnesty International website or a government-based website and educate yourself on that. Yeah, for sure. In regards to Amnesty, Reham, how long have you been a part of the movement? So I actually participated in many, like, kind of workshops back in primary school in the beginning of high school. And then I only got nominated Amnesty Rep in sixth form. And it, it was a bit of a shame, really, that it was that late, because then I was I was only Amnesty Rep for a short time until I was off to university. But I absolutely loved it. We went, we did, we tried to organise a few things with a hectic schedule of 
A levels, but it was it was amazing. The conference that we went to was amazing, and I'm actually part of the Amnesty International uh, Society at my university, which is amazing. So yeah, definitely, definitely get involved if you guys haven't already, and you'll love it. That sounds amazing. Immediately into university and you're immersing yourself in things such as a society. What's the atmosphere like there? Because you are all older to say you're not in primary school anymore. I think you're more aware of your having of a voice and you're more aware of how to direct any matters that you want to get into public and get sorted out and get laws and legislations changed. How do you think that you're going about making change now as opposed to when you were, I don't know, 10? What What's different about the way you're, you're making waves? I think for, for me, a voice, as long as you have a voice, that's, that's the most powerful tool that a human being can have. I don't think it's necessarily age. I think my voice at 12 years old, my voice at 18 years old and my voice in the years to come will be as powerful. Um, it doesn't become any more powerful, but I would say the freedom, the freedom you have with that voice is what changes as you get older. So being at university, I've realised that I, I'm able to speak on issues without having to consult my mum or consult my dad about what I'm speaking about. I I can choose about what I speak about and with university with that freedom it's not like sixth form the huge change is there's no teachers around to be talking to or it's literally just you in that environment and so I think that is that it's a beautiful thing it's a quite a scary and overwhelming thing when you first attend university but it is generally a beautiful thing you sort of kind of learn how to use your voice and I think that's beautiful it's definitely beautiful And I will come back to touch upon how I know you started to use your voice whilst being at university. But let's let's keep with what Amnesty International is all about (laughs) and what went on at this conference. So at this at this conference, I learned something about you that not many people know, although I've introduced you as a spoken word artist. Up until knowing you, I was very unaware that you had this talent and this gift and you performed spoken word on the stage using your voice. I must say it was beautiful listening to you perform. It was fantastic, Reham. I want to know more about this. We've never spoken about it. When did you first start writing? No, no. Um, (laughs) It's a funny story, actually. I started writing when I was 14 years old. And so I'm currently 18. And I started writing when I was 14. And I'm very much, I don't know, there's like this trend on TikTok now. It's like, you're the main character of your life. And (laughs) I generally feel like my life is a movie. And ever (laughs) since I was younger, I always thought my life was a fairy tale. And there was this guy that I liked in high school. And I didn't know how to like tell him that I liked him. So... I immersed myself in like American like romantic films and in those films the girl or the guy tend to talk about their feelings through a song so I tried a song (laughs) and I uh I realized I didn't have the voice for that song and then I sort of changed I sort of changed the um the lyrics and and made it fit more of a poem with an instrumental track and I was like oh this is a poem and then I searched up poems on YouTube and I think the first ever spoken word artist I listened to was a guy called Prince EA and his if you guys haven't listened to him he is literally his spoken words are amazing and I saw the way that he used music and the pace of his spoken words and I was like I want to do this so I changed it and then I performed it to the guy that I liked (laughs) (laughs) and this is very unrelated but how did that go (laughs) it was terrible (laughs) I mean, to be fair, <laughs> looking back now, it was like very cringe. It was like, what were you doing? But um, yeah, then I fell in love with it. I showed my mum what I wrote. And then my mum and I 
we were looking at competitions online for like poetry and my mum entered me into one without telling me I got there I performed and I actually ended up winning the competition and it was that day on that I was like this is for me (laughs) perfect unannounced unprepared and you go and you smash first place just in the bag exactly I've been writing ever since. That's so good. Obviously, what motivated you was this boy, and we thank God because if not, we might not have we might not have ever found out that you had this talent. Oh. Exactly. Your first public performance. So it was. I wouldn't say that this boy was your first public performance. That was kind of you no. practicing this talent of yours. Yeah. This competition was your first public performance. What was it like performing the first time in front of a group of people? What was that like? The first time I performed, it was so I've. So I've performed in huge audiences now, um, but back then it was only roughly between 20, 30 people. It was still quite big for me because it's considering I didn't perform and had never performed at the time. But when I arrived and I performed, it was so, it was so overwhelming. But as soon as I heard my voice, like my name being called out, being like, you're going to speak, I immediately just got up and I performed. There's something about poetry that I feel like I sort of become an alter ego when I, I don't know what alter ego I become, but <laughs> I just feel different when I perform my poems and I feel like that's such a powerful thing it's it's sort of the idea that you can say anything through poetry mm-hmm. and it's okay you can say whatever you want and no one will judge you because it, it's just so beautiful to listen to and it's your opinion is completely biased how have you noticed the um, evolution of your work being 14 and being 18 I'm sure you don't talk about the exact same things nor in as much detail on depth what's changed yeah. there I would say so when I was younger, I used to always write about my feelings. About I still do write about my feelings. I think it's very healthy to continuously write about your feelings and how you feel. But when I was younger, there was a lot more kind of emotive pieces. But as I got older and as I became more of an advocate for um, humanitarian crisis, I sort of decided to mould my spoken words based on those issues. So now I write about wars or the Palestinian-Israeli conflict or anything that's personal to me, really. People's human rights. I sort of just blend the two kind of hobbies, which I like about that. I love that, Rehan. And whatever you're passionate about tends to roll off the tip of your tongue. It tends Mm. to be more natural. And I know that when you are passionate about something, you put your all into it. Rehan, can I be really, really cheeky? Yeah. We've been talking about your spoken words and I feel like, yes, our audience believes me, but it would be great if they got to make their own judgment. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Rehan. Okay. Of I own one. I can perform. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I guess I'll perform the one that I guess made me the most not known but it's it's everyone's favorite piece so okay. i'll perform that one okay what's it called? It's called monster okay wait should i hold on reham you know how in your first competition you were called onto stage should oh, i call no. you onto stage <laughs> and now ladies and gentlemen please welcome reham amin thank you <laughs> okay. i am a monster A God-loving, head-covering, still-discovering human being, big, black, monster. Who hides her identity because that's all that they see, clothes wrapped around my body, and a complexion of darkness is what they're afraid of, right? Think about it. When was the last time you heard someone say, I'm afraid of daylight? Introduce them to me, please. I want to understand the difference and similarities because a dictionary definition of white tells me that white is the opposite of black. 
But all my life I've been told that opposites subtract. Then why is it seen as absurd for the two to interact? Now my skin is a label for this monster. Black. I am a monster. A god-loving, head-covering, still-discovering human being. Big. Black. Monster. Who everyone adores until a scarf is wrapped around my head, then I am so much more. Much more than a human being, because people stare at me alienated. What is this feeling? A voice inside tells me to keep leaving. 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 I am a threat. Danger. Alarm bells ring around free. A void of silence fills the empty room. Questions fill what is wrong with me. A woman, they say. A criminal to all humanity. One who is inferior due to her inner superiority, looked down upon because of femininity, I am a woman. And if that means I'm a monster, let it be. Strong, independent, and free, then damn well you should be afraid of me. For we are all human. Women. We are the greatest on me. I am a woman. A god-loving, head-covering, still-discovering human being. Strong, black, woman. Then a monster, I shall be. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm clicking. Um, if anyone's trying to understand, I am clicking. Rehan, it's as if I've had that for the first time. I am completely blown away. And I don't think you understand just how powerful that piece is. Oh my god. Can we cry? <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you. No worries, my lovely. And I hope that anyone who can relate to the identities you've covered inside your piece heard that you are a God-loving, still-discovering, head-covering human being. You are a human being. You are a strong, yes. Woman. (laughs) And these are things you should take pride in. I am so thankful. Thank you, Reham. It was beautiful. You must keep at it. And I can't wait to see, hear, watch you release more work. Oh my goodness. This is so, so amazing. You have to. (laughs) I might be on your case to write a book as well. Definitely. I think I'll be on your case. I have actually started on. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to push that. Everyone, we need to keep in mind that at some point in the near future, Reham Amin will be releasing a book. I will get back to you on release dates. Thank you. (laughs) For sure. Purely because, actually, with books, I'm getting a bunch of books this weekend, Reham, and I know you are a massive book lover. What what have you been reading at the moment? So I have, so studying English literature, they always ask you to analyse text. So I do read those texts and I do love those texts, but I feel like it's not the genre that I'm into. Mm. A favourite book of mine is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I might be pronouncing his name completely wrong, but I've literally just finished that book for the fifth time. <laughs> And it's my favourite book in the whole wide world. But I can, I'm the sort of person I can read two books at a time. So the other book that I'm reading is The Girl with the Louding Voice. I'm not actually sure who it's written by, but I was gifted that book. And it's about this girl who forced into a marriage in Nigeria. And it's the best, it's the best storyline ever. I already cried and it's only chapter one. <laughs> well, perfect. I will be putting those on my to buy yes. list. That's perfect. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. And do you know what? With reading, there's this massive misconception that when it comes to reading, all we're doing is staring at a bunch of words. And that's Mm. not true. Okay, to an extent, it is true. We are reading. But we are taken to a new dimension where we can see and hear everything the writer wants us to. It's true. It's like free travel. And it's so worth it. It's amazing. 
with your love for English, Ruham, because I know you love English, I know you love reading, do you plan on pursuing a career to do with this subject? What do you plan on doing? After my BA degree, I would like to go and do a master's in broadcast journalism and then go and do sort of kind of become a journalist, whether that be an editorial writer or a broadcast journalist that would be amazing but I also don't mind being a teacher I kind of I kind of like hate telling people that because going to university everyone's like what do you study and I'm like English and they're like oh so you want to be a teacher and I'm like uh <laughs> but it's like that's not the only job like English is such a good degree the varieties of jobs that you can get from that degree is amazing I generally would love to be a teacher one day or a journalist mainly a journalist but Either or. Let me stick with this idea of a journalist because I'm quite excited to hear this. You are already doing, I suppose, some of the things that a journalist would do. You write and you talk about matters happening across the world. You uncover truths. You kind of have your own little spin when you are writing an article. You have your own imprint. We can identify that it is you when you write a piece. Um, So I think that journalism is actually a well-suited career to you. Um, I wish you the greatest of success if you do go on to pursue a career. One thing that you did say is you're studying Arabic. Would this degree mean that you're going somewhere abroad? Will you be doing a year away? Yes, so I actually had a meeting today, earlier today actually, about my year abroad meeting. But in second year, I'm currently in first year, and so next year, September, fingers crossed if everything with the worldwide pandemic goes well or like dies down I will be doing a year abroad in either Fez in Morocco or in Amman Jordan to kind of practice my Arabic attend the university there for the year and also I think it kind of relates to what I'm doing after I would love if I was a journalist I would love to be a journalist in the Middle East this sounds so exciting (laughs) I think Reham I have more of a future for you planned out because in my mind it's that you are a journalist in the future and you will be doing sort of intercommunications with English and Arabic, and I'm going to see you there, yeah. <laughs> Reham. In regards to the year abroad, what are you looking forward to the most? I think biggest thing for me that I'm looking forward to is literally getting on a plane. But <laughs> I think with everything that's going on in the world, I actually was meant to go to Paris next week, and then I was meant to go to Cyprus the week after, and both of the trips have been cancelled now and then obviously you had trips planned in the summer and they were cancelled so I think the excitement now is not attending another country and seeing the culture and everything it's more just packing and getting onto a plane but change of scenery would be nice but also just to have that satisfaction of knowing that I will be fluent in Arabic after that that year finishes I think for me that is what I'm excited for that's the goal I'm sure you will be you will be immersed into the culture so much and the mother tongue you will be fluent in Arabic and I look Mm. forward to you teaching me some of course I will (laughs) (laughs) I know you said that you were supposed to go to both Paris and Cyprus Reham is a travel junkie she loves to explore and she loves to travel um and mental note Reham our ski date when it's safe to go skiing is still on yes Um, let's do it we will I'm so excited of all of the places you've traveled the long list of places what's been your favorite place oh that is so hard oh this is so hard I would I would say oh I've been to quite I've been to many places but for some reason two places and they're actually both in Europe um but two places have my heart Spain specifically Madrid there's something about Madrid that just I feel so at home I always tell my friends and family like Spain is my second home I feel so at home there when I go 
um, and the country is absolutely beautiful. The most recent trip that I've done and the one that was like most memorable was Venice and I think it was just the sort of excitement of knowing that I was going to Venice for a day so if any of you guys are like thinking oh my god it's so expensive to travel it really isn't you just have to keep finding like the (laughs) the kind of hidden gems went to Venice for 24 hours I arrived there in the morning and departed late at night to come back to London and it was the best trip ever Venice is just because there's no roads everything is water so it's like it's just completely different and I think if you love a change like a huge change in scenery and you like change go to Venice and the people there are lovely the food is immaculate it's it's, uh, it's such a memorable place I'm loving the spontaneity your 24 hour trip <laughs> I think you're correct by saying that your life is a movie Reham you are living yeah. <laughs> by those words for sure Oh, and this is so lovely to hear. I am on the same boat as you. I can't wait to travel. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, lots of travelling events had been cancelled and I can't wait to get on a plane, get into a new environment and relax. But we are taking things a step at a time. Do hope that everything does die down and the world is at peace and everyone can find, I suppose, a sense of happiness and safety again. That's that's priority. But afterwards, go find those hidden gems and live your life like it's a movie for sure. exactly you're the main character guys (laughs) (laughs) I keep on thinking about this journalism aspect of your life Reham and it's really dwelling on me I suppose my favorite news channel is CNN practice just oh no (laughs) I was not expecting that (laughs) oh okay um this is Reham Amin reporting live from London and this is CNN (laughs) you killed it you killed it So that was me being amazing and giving you some job prep, and I think you got the job. Awesome. Thanks. Please do let us all know, last month in October, a protest was held at Leeds, and you played a very important role. What was this protest for, and what went on? I'm sure many of you have heard about what's going on in Nigeria, quite similarly to what happened in in my home country, which is Sudan. So there's been a huge protesting worldwide for Nigeria now, uh, due to the mass killings and shootings illegal shootings and killings really by the government opposing the people but good friend of mine at university is very 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 big on the Nigerian kind of movement and as she is Nigerian herself I was very very proud of her Pearl if you're listening to this so proud of you (laughs) but yeah she organized the protest and in Leeds there's currently a protest every Saturday for Nigeria uh, but she organized her sort of like own vigil which was like a kind of candle lit protest and it was absolutely beautiful and she asked me kindly to perform and I had no problem performing so I performed a piece for her and everyone who attended the protest and it was such a beautiful evening and tops to anyone who turned up by the way we were literally standing there in the rain it was pouring rain in the middle of a field it was muddy people fell but you know what (laughs) it doesn't matter because it was for a good cause exactly (laughs) exactly the good cause and i am proud of both you and your friend who did head this protest it is important that we don't we don't stop we can't remain silent we must continue to make noise we must continue to make noise and cause disruption until we're heard until laws are changed until lives are valued more than they are because every person on this earth has the right to freedom and peace and safety and if those in power are not providing that then it's it's time for a wake-up call that they know that as a citizen of the country that you are ruling this is what we expect and you have to value us more than you do and change whatever wrongs are going on to rights that's what needs to happen Mm -hmm. exactly 
anyone protesting, you protested in the rain, props to you, because that can be so demotivating. However, I knew you saw that there was still need to keep on going. And Reham, I know you are amazing at sharing what's going on in countries. You continue to. Is there any any bit of news or anything that you'd like to share specifically that you don't feel has been broadcast enough? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I I think even if even if news outlets aren't doing a good job of broadcasting what is going on around the world, I do think social media is a huge and great platform to do that. So regardless if if I think that there is something that isn't there, I'm sure I'm sure social media will cover it. I think that's the beauty of social media that it's so easily accessible to find out what's actually going on in the world. But it is it's it is a sad place, but it's also a beautiful place that we live in, especially with everything that's happening in France and then you've got like what the Mitcham in like South London. In France, the president, he sort of said that it was okay to have pictures of Prophet Muhammad wasallam, peace be upon him, in France. And he said it was fine because it's freedom of speech. And I think this started when there was a journalist who covered an article and actually drew a picture of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And I think that's where it started. And then there was a huge, kind of a huge cry now in France about the Islamophobia that's sort of happening, it is really, really sad. And now there's a huge, like, boycotting of French products from all, like, the Muslim countries. Because it is, it's a sad issue, because it's like, some people would say, if it's, if it's racist, then it's not freedom of speech. But if it's Islamophobic, then it's freedom of speech. And I think there's just sort of, like, a debate about that. But it's very sad. It is very sad. And it is quite upsetting as well. And, but I just hope things will get better and people finally realise what is going on around them and people will stop being ignorant and wake up. I hope so too. Say someone who's listening in Japan might be completely unaware of what's going on over here Mm -hmm. but they have, they might want to know, they have a right to know, they should be aware of what's happening across the world. Bombarded onto social media that we realise, oh this is happening, we have to do something about it. Always a reminder that things are going on and unless you look, Sometimes you won't find. Keep your eyes open and read into things and listen. Try and find out. It's definitely not your fault if you're not. Again, we don't think about these things in our everyday lives, but as they become more prominent and we see them on social media, it's time to speak out. Silence is complicity. This is a world that we want to be safe for all of us. Exactly, and Google's free, guys. <laughs> so, like, take advantage of social media and the internet that we have. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Google is free. I think that's going to be the title, Reham. I love that. Oh, Reham, it's been so, so lovely. I haven't heard your voice in a long time. And this has just flowed. It's been extremely familiar for me. I've loved having you on. I think the work that you're doing with Amnesty, the work that you're doing on yourself and your spoken word continues to inspire me. You are good at your craft and you have to continue. And I know that one day we will see you behind the screens. We will see you broadcasting. (laughs) I have my predictions of you, Reham. I'll bet money. (laughs) (laughs) You're like manifesting it. (laughs) Yeah, so speak it into existence. I know you've got goals and I know that everything's planned out, but I think there's always a time that we should reflect and think about it. And I think that I'm about to give you the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, I'd love if you could write your letter to self and just take your time, really think about it. This is for you, for no one else. We will just take advice and we will listen over in terms of anything relatable. But the stage is yours. Okie dokie. Dear Rehab, how is your mental health? How is your love life, considering you were struggling with it before? (laughs) Um, Are you still writing? Are you still writing about people? (laughs) Continue smiling. Stop crying. 
Stop crying about people who don't care about you. Continue using your voice. Continue speaking up on issues that need awareness, like need more awareness on. Remember that your voice is the most powerful tool that you have. Never, ever, ever stop talking as much as people tell you that you talk a lot. And if that's okay. Are you still talking a lot? I hope you're not an introvert now. <laughs> keep smiling. Keep doing you. I'm sure you'll have a beautiful, beautiful future ahead. I'm sure you're probably a journalist now living in the Middle East, you know. Beautiful husband, beautiful kids. <laughs> but yeah, I love you, baby girl. You do you. <laughs> love, Ray. <laughs> Reham, you're so you. Don't change, Reham. Don't change. I'm sure (laughs) this atmosphere is a little bit different to the previous episodes I've had, but that's because all of my guests are different. And Mm. you have clearly shown your personality, Reham. (laughs) Be you and don't have a filter. You do not talk too much, although being on a podcast (laughs) is the worst example or the worst sort of deciding factor someone should make upon um, that topic. But you, you light up many people's days, including mine. You have lit up my day. I can't, I can't express that more. And I can't wait to see you. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for, no for talking. And thank you for sharing bits about you that I hadn't known previously. I loved hearing about your journey to, to writing spoken words. And I can't wait to see you grow and blossom. I really can't. I'm so, so excited thank you so for your much. Thank you so much for having me. And you keep doing you as well, Muffy. I'm so proud of you for starting this podcast. Why, thank Seriously. You. <laughs> well, In ladies love. and gentlemen, you heard it here first. We are expecting a book from Reham Aline. <laughs> I will let you know when that is being released. For now, exactly. stay safe and I hope you are all well. See you soon. Bye.